Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Emmanuel Pastors Podcast. This uh, this season, let's say, <laughs> we are doing um, interviews with different members of the church around the topic of vocation. So a chance to uh, challenge different people to think through the integration of their faith and their uh, secular callings, and um, but also to... Uh, get to know each other. So tonight I'm excited to have um, someone whose email address tells her vocation, and that is katiehilldesigner at gmail.com. Hey, Katie. Oh, hi. <laughs> now everyone has my email. Oh, whoops. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can edit that out. No, it's okay. It's fine. But wait a second. This is like I just, I was telling yeah, you earlier, this is for the church. So yeah, I doubt, I doubt anybody else's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you are a, um, you're a many things, right? You're a daughter, you're a sister, you're a, a wife, you're a mother, um, and you serve as a worship leader, different, different callings, vocations in ways you use your gifting, but a big part of your life is as a designer. And, uh, can you just tell us like, what that, what does that mean? What is a designer? What particular kind of design do you do? What how, what's the definition of that field? Um, yeah, so I'm an interior designer. Uh, I mostly work on residential projects, so people's homes. So that means like a family or a man or a woman or a couple will hire us to, well, the firm that I work at to design their house from like beginning to end. And we're usually just one piece of the equation. Usually when someone's either building a house or remodeling a house, they hire a general contractor, they hire an architect, depending on how complicated um, they're going to get with it. Like if it's a new build, you definitely need an architect. If it's like a remodel, but you're not really changing walls or plumbing or anything like that, you don't necessarily need an architect. And then we do all the interiors. So the interior finishes, paints, um, window treatments, wall coverings, hardware, door finishes, window finishes, all that stuff. And then we even get into like furniture selections, pillows, rugs, carpet, um, flooring, all the things. So anything that goes inside a house is kind of what we help our clients pick out and decide on. So you're making the decisions for them or are, I mean, are these people that are just kind of completely delegating that to you to say, Hey, design my, my, my yeah. decor in my house, or do you do it in cooperation with them? Kind of helping them. Yeah. Typically it's, or... it's very cooperative. Um, some clients are more hands-on than others and some clients, I mean, every client is different. So some people want to see like, every option out there and some people are cool with just getting like a very curated um presentation where we show them one option for everything and they say i like everything but this and so then we just kind of go from there but i'm working on a project right now where the clients are definitely having some like fomo so they're sending us a lot of options they want to see more mm. options so it's taking a lot longer um, but every client is different Mm -hmm. um, How long have you been, been doing that? I've been working at design firms for the last five years. And before that, I worked just in a bunch of different 
retail settings related to design, like furniture stores. I worked at like a antique furniture store and then like a very contemporary furniture store. Um, and before that I worked, my first job right out of school was at a tile and flooring showroom. So just kind of getting my feet wet with the design industry. Hmm. Yeah. Did you yep, go to school for this? Just an associate's um, in interior design. When did you first know you wanted to be a designer? How did you f kind of first uh, realize you had um, inclinations? It was not something that? that I ever thought I would do. Definitely, like, growing up, I wasn't, like, picking out furniture or doing anything like that as a kid. I wasn't... No. You were, like, designing your not... Barbie houses? I really or... wasn't. Like, Dull. I... Really? I hung up art in my room, but, like, that was the furthest I really went with it. Um so I was in high school. Huh. I took a lot of art classes, especially my senior year. I was in like six art classes, but I didn't really want to go to school for art. I just enjoyed it um, in high school. And so I knew I wanted to do a shorter program. So I toured a local technical college and I had no idea that there was an interior design department. I thought they had like a graphic design department and a printing department. And so I was going to look at that. But when I was there, this girl approached me and my mom like out of the blue and was like, does anyone want to um, see the interior design department? And I was like, oh, sure. I've, I didn't even know you had that. And so she showed me around and she described all the classes to me and described what they did there. And it just sounded like something that I would be good at and that interested me and that like really tied in well with like my interest in art. So... I ended up enrolling in that program. So that idea <clears throat> yep. first came to you when you were looking in colleges. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. But the but the kind of pre um, exposure to interior design as a field. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you were artistic, right? <clears throat> so would you say that that's kind of some of the skill set or the proclivities that you would you know kind of lends people towards this this field what, what kind mm -hmm. of wiring what kind of personality what kind yeah. of mind does it take yeah being artistic be definitely helps um just having that kind of creative brain and being able to problem solve um and then also it it, it is like a weird mix of that artsy creative side and also um something that I was also good at in high school was geometry, which sounds super random, but I, for whatever reason, mm. like it really made sense to me <clears throat> and certain like math classes really made sense to me. Um, so that definitely helps too. Cause you're just working a lot with really fine numbers, um, space planning, yeah. figuring out like, is this big enough for a sofa or is this too small for two sinks instead of one or whatever? Yeah. Um, so stuff like that, just being very detail oriented helps and understanding spatial recognition just in 3d helps. <laughs> that is very interesting because I mean, there it's mm -hmm. different people are just diff their brains work differently. It's so true, right? Like, um, I cannot, <laughs> yeah. I cannot think three dimensionally. I just can't. I will, 
if there's like a house project where I'm trying to figure out how to put trim around something or I just, I'll sit there and I'll just stare <laughs> yeah. at it for a long time. I'll be paralyzed. Um, but like Andrea's, Andrea's family, mm-hmm. her dad, I mean, he's helping me with this kitchen project, which I couldn't do parts of this without him. Um, but in, and his, all of his sons too, they, they just think differently. They're engineers and he's an architect and, um, it, yeah. it, it, my point is, it's just God makes us different, <laughs> but, but, uh, he would never want to maybe write a yeah. sermon or, um, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, brains are, mm-hmm. are, are wired with different, uh, capabilities, but so creative problem solver, geometric, three-dimensional mm-hmm. thinking, some math is in there, an eye for mm-hmm. beauty. Yeah, I'm also colorblind, so I probably would preclude yeah. me from being yeah. a good interior designer. <laughs> right? Um, interesting. So what's like a day in the life look like? What would, I mean, can you walk us through? Like, are you working in an office behind a computer? Are you working like out mm-hmm. in the field going into people's homes? Do you Are you carrying like a, a big briefcase with you with all these sort of color samples yeah, in it? Yeah, so... Like, Typically, I'm in the office at my computer, but every day can be a little bit different. Like sometimes I have a client meeting. Sometimes they come into our office. We have like a large conference table and a big like basically kitchen island where we usually set up all of our presentations. Um, And then we also have vendor meetings, which they kind of took a pause during COVID, but they've been coming back now. So people who want us to sell their product come and show us a presentation of their product and mm. we can get samples from them. Um, so that happens usually like once a week. And what else? I do usually, like I have maybe one or two site visits a week where I have to go to a job site to either measure something or meet with a client or meet with a vendor and have them measure something. Um, and then, yeah, I'm usually doing some combination of AutoCAD, of like a computer presentation, like a digital presentation, mm. a form of the presentation that will print off and, and kind of pair it with materials. So it'll be like partly on paper and partly the physical, tangible materials for our clients to see and touch. Um, and then, yeah, just emailing people like... Yeah, just a basic basic desk job, but then there's also random stuff mixed in. Like, I definitely do have those times where I'm lugging, like, a bag full of tile and all this stuff. Um, picking up carpet samples is a mm. chore. Like, they're really heavy on usually big boards and stuff like that. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. So, in, in addition to the other kind of... Um types of uh personality traits that you mentioned Mm -hmm. would also you'd also have to be a people person too right you're like you're working you're trying to kind of counsel people through like maybe uh yeah definitely defining moment in their life in some sense right or and trying to manage expectations and Mm -hmm. keep people happy and a lot of talking and communicating interesting um so and and you used to work in the city, uh, right? There's like a designer yeah, uh-huh. row there, or yeah, designer actually district. There's, Is that right? It's like in more Chicago? of a network. It's not really like 
a row or like a defined area, but they started this thing called the River North Design District. So a lot of designers ended up in the River North area because it's close to the Merchandise Mart, mm. um, which is where you can get like a lot of samples and see a lot of products in person. Mm. So there are a lot of designers around there. Right. But I think in the last few years and even especially since like COVID, a lot of people are moving everywhere. Like I worked for a designer that um, her office was in like West Town. So it was like in the middle of nowhere, like Grand and Western. And then now I work out in the suburbs. So they're kind of everywhere. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So now you're working for a firm in the suburbs. I get there at and eight. What, I don't what time do you have to be there, there at any time? But I do have to get in a certain amount of hours. I have to get in 40 hours a week that I can bill to a client. So there's no such thing as like working from home, quote unquote, yeah. but not actually working because then I would have to like say what I'm doing. I have to record everything. Um, similar to like a lawyer. Um, like every 15 minutes is billed to someone. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing billable hours. Um, interesting. Okay. And maybe it was at one point, but stressful? now I've just gotten so used to it. Yeah. You got used to it. Yeah. I remember several times I over having breakfast with Jeremiah at your place at like yeah. <laughs> seven thirty in the morning uh-huh. and, and you're gone. I was like, wow, she's out already. But then you, yeah. uh, you get off at like four thirty mm-hmm. or so and have an hour hour commute back in. Um, you were telling me I was just asking what you do on your commutes, and uh, you said you found some fun <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. I'm sure you listen to the Emmanuel Pastors podcast every week, right? And then on t- besides that, yeah. What, so what was I the other one you were telling me about? Podcast between a Bible, like a scripture reading podcast so someone who has read scripture aloud and recorded it and an more like an entertainment podcast so i do usually it ends up usually being like one per day so i can listen to my bible every day um and it's called commuter bible and the episodes are roughly like 25 to 30 minutes long and he just has like a whole plan throughout the year of just on business days, like not including bank holidays, you can get through the whole Bible in just 25 to 30 minutes. Um, yeah, it is really cool. And he jumps around a lot. Commuter That's Bible, cool. yeah. Commuter Bible. Yeah. There you go. Good way to redeem the time. So what do you love about I don't, I what love you do? Like, what are some of the joys? I love being able to just see people, like see them see it's hard to describe like when I do what I do best and they see that it's good and that they like it it's like fun to see their reaction to it like oh I never would have put those two things together but I I think this whole thing works well together and they get excited about it and I'm I'm actually like so surprised at least at my current job, I didn't I didn't experience this as much at my last job because I didn't do as many client presentations as I'm doing right now. But they're so grateful. Like when they finish when we finish a meeting, they're like, "Thank you so much," and they're so complimentary, and they just really appreciate someone being able to do like something that they're not able to do on their own, and just having that like taken care of is like a huge weight off their shoulders. Yeah, so. I feel really good like helping other people in that regard. Hmm. Yeah. 
it brings you joy to bring other people joy mm-hmm. and to see that that's cool it's a, so it's a service mm-hmm. it's really a serving serving people what what are what are the downsides yeah. or some of your struggles in, it's in hard like, like what, you never know like i said like? every client's different so you never know like how people are going to react to certain things um whether it be the price of a certain item or like the overall budget or i don't know like i I presented something to someone recently and the husband really loved it, but the wife was like, no, it's too dark. There's too much darkness. Like I wanted it to be more light and airy. So like, there's just different ways that I do disappoint people and that's always hard. And then also right now, one of my biggest struggles is um, the lead times are really crazy. So a lot of furniture is just not available. It's out of stock foam is having a shortage right now because of all these storms that happened in Texas like a couple months back when it was freezing in Texas that affected the foam industry which affects the upholstery industry which affects my industry so it was like this snowball effect um, that really like basically there are people who are moving into their homes in the next couple months and I don't know how much of their furniture is going to be there so that really stinks um and there's always stuff like that. Uh, yeah. That's really, that's just really interesting because that illustrates how all of the, our, all these uh-huh. locations that we all have form this big web. Like it's a big machine mm-hmm. that all has to kind of work together to make society work. You know, we're not just doing isolated things like what your vocation is dependent on manufacturing and, um, yeah truckers too that was another thing actually around the holidays we had all this furniture that was sitting at warehouses that was ready to be picked up and they were telling us there aren't enough truckers (laughs) to ship all this furniture yeah wow interesting so similar to the joy of of making people Mm -hmm. happy is one of the struggles to be people pleasing and yeah you know make, making fear of making people unhappy i could i could definitely see that being hard uh what other what kind of spiritual connections do you make between when you're when you're working or thinking about your work how do you see it intersecting with um you know with christ i and think what, what the main way is just do? being um like a good worker and and doing my job like the best that I can and hoping that that glorifies God and hoping that people can see Christ in me, that they can see that the way that I do my job is unique and curious and that, you know, all of that kind of leads to like, well, why are you like this? And, and the reason why is because of God and because of Christ. Um, but I think another way is just contributing to beauty and just using creativity and art I think all of that is glorifying to God and that like he takes pleasure in that so I think that's part of it as well and then also like I said earlier just like helping people Mm -hmm. and serving them in that way even though I mean they're paying us but (laughs) I I just I really do think that um, is Mm -hmm. a way that I can like give of myself um, and be a steward of what God has given me. 
Yeah. I mean, I, as I think about what it means to be human <clears throat> and to be made in the image of God, I mean, God is, is, is taking in the, in the first chapters of Genesis, he's taking mm-hmm. chaos and he's bringing it into order and he's doing it in a way that's good. He looked, he saw, and he saw that it was good, right? It's pleasing. It's, it's diverse. It's colorful. It's, and it's, um, and it's ordered. And then he sets humans over that. The only part of his creation that's made in his image to basically kind of continue that process, right? To, to, uh, create. And that, 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 that really sets the foundation for all of our vocations because they all find their, their root back in that cultural mandate to sort of, um, mm-hmm. be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. And, and so every, every different vocation kind of flows out of that. But the, the mm-hmm. aesthetic side of things is, is, uh, is clearly there. You're, you're making, you're cultivating, you're, you're making it, um, orderly and, you know, God didn't, he didn't just make a world. I've been thinking about this a lot with just spring and all the flowers that are everywhere. Like, man, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to make all these different colors mm-hmm. and shapes and textures. And, and yet, and yet he did. And, and when we kind of take a, you take a house that's could just be bland and empty and you, you fill it and you fill it in such a way that that kind of comports with some basic, I'm sure there's like basic fundamental mm-hmm. principles of the universe that come into design, right? Like symmetry and, um, yeah. um, traffic flow and form follows function and all, all these things that are just sort of, they're, they're embedded into the way God's made things. And, and you're discovering how to do that and make something that, that works well. And that is pleasing and it's mm-hmm. inviting. It's, yeah. yeah. All all that stuff. That's imaging God. It's part of what it means to be human. Um I don't think I don't know. I mean there I guess some animals have some pretty neat like a beaver dam is kind of cool or the way the birds make nests. But and they're beautiful in a certain sense, but I don't know any beavers that like you know all the dams basically look the same, right? Like no, no beavers made like a dam that has <laughs> yeah. art hanging on the walls or, you yeah. know, like it's like a, mm-hmm. yeah. And I also something human. I think about and like the description good, right? that God gives to Moses of what the temple should look like or the tabernacle. And it's very, um, like mm-hmm. it's very descriptive. Mm-hmm. It's very precise. There's color. There's like, ornate carvings it's all made Mm -hmm. out of these fine materials like it's just Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure like if if we were to see what it actually looked like now it would be like what we think of when we think of like a a palace or like a kingdom or something you know like it would just be so beautiful and i think that's so Mm -hmm. cool that that's in the bible that Mm -hmm. that god designed a building (laughs) and it's in the bible um yeah and, and mm-hmm. he gifted an interior designer, or uh, at least a couple, right? I'm uh, Exodus 31. This is what came to mind when I was thinking about about this conversation. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him 
with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all mm -hmm. craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood to work in every craft. Mm -hmm. And then there's um, Ohaliab as well. Um, the, these people that God gave the ability to, yeah. right? <laughs> um, that's you. <laughs> Sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Any other thoughts about why what you do is is important for society? Um, why it's it's um, a good thing that honors God that you know it's not you don't just have this job to make money to give to missionaries or to mm -hmm. have an opportunity to witness to to non Christians although those are also part of it but in and of itself um, it is inherently I, think if, I mean I just think if there weren't people doing my job that yeah people I some like you said some people just can't think spatially they can't they can't see the colors that go together they don't know how to do what they're doing so I just think yeah I think it's necessary at least in our culture to have just have certain people who have the gifts and abilities to build buildings design buildings and keep things in order like you mentioned um but actually like I I, I can't think of anything else specific mm -hmm. right off the top of my head at this moment but since you brought up the whole missions thing, my current employers are actually Christians and they're like very vocal about how they do give like 15% of their profits away to charity. So I think that's really cool. And that's something that I've never seen before. Just like the way that um, a hmm. Christian business owner operates differently from a non-Christian business owner. Um, that's been really nice to see. And then also just my bosses, they're a married couple. Mm. They just work really hard and they do stuff that nobody wants to do so that we can all enjoy our jobs. Like they take out the trash and they sweep and they do all these things so that like nobody feels like they're doing <laughs> the undesirable tasks. And I just think that's really um, respectable and I really appreciate them for That's doing cool. that. So, yeah. Mhm. Mm That's neat. And that stuff that transfers probably to yeah. any workspace and any kind of way to be a good manager. But um, yeah, um, what would you what would you say to a twenty uh, three year old bachelor? whose place <laughs> who has an apartment um is there <laughs> is there is there an important is there an important sort of yeah i don't think it has to, to like, be decorated but i house? i would say i mean the stereotype that i've i don't know it proved me wrong but it's mostly true that like men are kind of messy especially like pre-marriage or as they're younger um so I would say like the biggest tip for a young man who's living by himself or living with roommates would be just to like clean and take care of his things, you know, like don't 
don't take it uh-huh. for granted and neglect your things just because you think they're not that nice. Uh-huh. Like take good care of the things that you have and put them in the place that they go and organize. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like organize your home so that you don't have clutter and Stewardship. mess everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, I would say that's not even, yeah. Like that doesn't even have to be decorating, uh-huh. but it's like, yeah. yeah. Taking care of your stuff. The, The proof text for that is after the resurrection, Jesus folded up his clothes. It's true. I've never thought about that. They walked in and they they saw the clothes folded up there. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's mostly a joke, but I don't know why that detail is there. But, um, but yeah. Okay. And, and then, you know, people, people's homes. I mean, is it a, is it, a good thing to have white walls with nothing on them and um, just bland, um, live in a bland no. kind I of mean, place? Or... <laughs> from my perspective, um, art and just life show that you live in your home, that it functions, but also that it it's warm and inviting. I think things on your wall and things on your shelves are proof of that that people live here and that you're welcome here i think that can send a really loud message to guests um but also being clean and tidy and having those things in their proper place is also part of that um but of course the home should be inviting and unique it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be all brand new um but there are ways that you know you can liven up a space, freshen up a space, mm-hmm. um, without spending too much money, and still make it warm and inviting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure if if anybody wants some tips, uh, you can ask Katie. Mm-hmm. We had you over to help us think through some of our kitchen remodel and yeah. give us an idea for uh, color schemes and such. So. It's really helpful. Um, so yeah, I mean, so part of a, a Christian uh, ethic is is hospitality. Like that's a huge thing in the Bible that we we're hospitable. And part of being hospitable would be having a home that is inviting. And yet, that can also be taken to another to a another extreme, right? Where people's houses become like these right. museums or these things. Like, no, you can't. You know. You can't touch that or be really careful, you know, and people don't feel, they feel like they're walking on eggshells there. And so you want to strike that balance, right? And um, I, uh, yeah, if you have nice things, sometimes mm-hmm. you, those yeah. things can become an idol mm-hmm. that you, that keep you from loving actually people, <laughs> right? Um, so mm-hmm. something to be aware of. I was going to say something else, but it just skipped my mind. Um Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll come back to me, but the people that yeah. you work with, yeah, they I'm are. Assuming um, are. But I would say that, wealthy, like to your point before about kind of wealthy. living in a museum, uh, like even our clients at every firm that I've ever worked at, they have money and they can afford really nice things, but they also want it to last, and they don't. And a lot of them have little kids, and they don't want it to be like you know this precious thing like they want to be able to live in their houses so i think that it's a trend like that has been coming for a long time that like 
this has to be durable and this has to be functional and that has become more and more common to the point where like all the upholstery fabrics that I pull are pretty much stain treated already their performance grade which means that somebody took like a machine that rubs it literally rubs a piece of fabric back and forth a hundred thousand times and it doesn't break the fabric um that's like a test that they run against fabrics to make sure they're durable so there's like a bunch of Mm. trends that we're seeing where it's like people are putting outdoor furniture literally like outdoor grade rugs and outdoor grade fabrics on their interior finishes because they've made them now that are soft and they don't seem like outdoor furniture. Um, so it's definitely like a, a trend now where people are more interested in the durable, livable, useful type of things versus the fine crystal and art and things that shouldn't be touched. <laughs> Yeah. 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 It's interesting. That's a seems like a good trend. Do you see other dangers in in some of your like? Yeah. Um. Sometimes people like spending like way too much money on on design mm-hmm. that is. Like, I mean, I've seen like a lot of extremes throughout my career of really exorbitant things that people have spent money on, but it's usually not that common and it's not like they'll they'll spend that type of money on everything it's usually just like one thing or a few things that they splurge on um and it doesn't really bother me because i see i can i can at least get to a mental space where i can see the value in certain things despite the fact that there is a rational side of me that is like that makes no sense why is that so expensive um but yeah it doesn't bother me too much because i think that person is mm. going to spend money on that anyway. Like I'm not, I'm not really changing the course of how they were planning on spending their money. Um, so yeah. 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 It's a tough one with mm-hmm. just capitalism in general. Like the fact that they're spending this money is what's employing you and other people. And it's, it's keeping the economy going. And yet, as a Christian, sometimes yeah. we have, we're kind of stuck. Like, how do I? Like, what's too much? Mm-hmm. What's when does it become materialistic? You know, or when does it um, become worldly to chase certain fads or yeah. put too much emphasis on some of these material things that moth and rust are going to destroy? And so I think that's a tension we live in. Like, we, God made a beautiful world, and we're in His image, and we're we're supposed to value beauty. Yet at the same time this world has fallen and sinful and twisted and it's all going to melt and he's going to make a new world. And that's where our ultimate home is and our ultimate treasure. And we want to keep our eyes towards that and let the things of this world point us towards that, not distract us from that. And so I think that's a a tension that a Christian would have to kind of, we all have to work through as we think about our, our things and our, our spaces. And, um, and I think Christians easily kind of, you can fall on either side of that ditch into a kind of an asceticism that denies pleasures and beauty too much or you can Mm -hmm. go over to the other side and become very worldly and materialistic Mm -hmm. fads are are an interesting 
thing to think about like you know what's in you know it's interesting you said that they're making things now that are very durable which probably yeah. means that they're gonna still be useful after they don't look good you know what i mean and then yeah. people are going to be throwing those into a landfill to remodel their house in 20 years because it's out of fashion yeah. <laughs> but the stuff actually still functions and oh that's a tr that's a tricky one too i bet well fascinating conversation uh i yeah i've mm -hmm. enjoyed it it's been really really good lots of stuff to think about hopefully spark some ideas for other people and they can uh, translate it into their different vocations as they think about how their vocation flows out of the uh, the creation narrative, and, and uh, we can also think about mm -hmm. our own houses and how we manage the domain that God has put us over with uh, an eye mm. towards beauty and all that uh, stuff. So no, I think I said it all. Thanks for coming on. Anything else you want to say? Further thoughts? Yeah, thank you. Last comment. Awesome. Okay. Bye. Well, thanks, Katie. All right. Until next time.